In honor of last night's game, I plan to be very quiet for the third quarter of this podcast. Look, the Orlando Magic have done plenty to get us excited, but let Wednesday be a reminder this is still a young and very, very flawed team. We'll get into all those flaws. We'll get into the Orlando Magic's loss to the Boston Celtics on today's Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 4th, 2021. My name is Philip Rossreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Lockdown Magic, we will talk and break down the Orlando Magic's loss to the Boston Celtics, a game that had plenty of encouragement, but plenty of disappointment too. We'll talk about why things went haywire in that third quarter uh, and what it means for the Magic moving forward. Or, 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 you know, we don't want to draw too many big picture conclusions. Stuff happens sometimes, but we'll talk a little bit about what it means moving forward. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, I do want to thank you all for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Whether we're your first listen, whether we're your lunch listen, whether we're your workout listen, whether we're your going home listen, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every single day. We're free and available on all platforms as well as streaming on YouTube. So you can check us out wherever you like. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. The third quarter was bad. Um, the Orlando Magic played a fantastic first half. They put themselves in a great position to win. They put themselves in a great position uh, to be competitive and to have a chance to defeat the Celtics, um, to build off the win uh, against Minnesota on Monday. They did a lot of really good things, and I don't think we should throw that out. And honestly, fourth quarter even, the Magic did some good things to keep themselves in the game and, and try and cut into that lead. But um, that third quarter was the game. Uh, Orlando gave up 31 points in a defensive battle, a game where the Celtics only scored 92 points themselves. Um, the Magic scored only 10. It took them five and a half. It took them six and a half minutes to score their first field goal of the quarter. They didn't get to 10 points until free throws very, very, very late in the quarter, like the last possession of the quarter, uh, late. Um, nearly, nearly scoring the lowest, uh, the worst scoring output in a quarter in, in Magic history. Um, it was bad, and you could see. The youth and the maturity of the team play play itself out. You could see the team struggling and getting frustrated and trying to force their way back in. Um, and as many players said, as, as RJ Hampton said after the game, uh, not following their process, not following the way that they know they have to play in order to, to be successful. We'll get into that um, and, and some of the bigger picture issues on that in a little bit. But what, what really happened in that third quarter uh, was the Celtics changed their defense. Um, the Celtics increased their defensive intensity and, Despite all the improvements this Magic team has made on offense, and they have made a ton, I, I am really excited um, about the the signs the Magic are showing offensively here in these last few games. They're, they're they've got the the pieces of a, a decent offense here, um, but at the same time, they're still missing that big piece, um, the big piece that we talk about all the time, that kind of starring piece, the guy who can just break things down off the dribble. Boston is a switching team. Um, they switch essentially one through four defensively or one through three defensively. Um, 
they went to switching one through five defensively against the Magic in the second half. They gambled that Orlando would not be able to get into the paint, that Orlando would not be able to create the kind of penetration and paint touches that they would need to kick back out to their shooters, and they were right. The third quarter was characterized a lot of times by the Magic trying to run pick and rolls or dribble handoffs, and the Celtics just switching and blowing up the action. Um, Jamal Mosley said after the game, one thing that this team has to understand is how to play those secondary actions, learning when to cut, um, learning when to when to kind of make a second move to get the defense to think and get the de- defense to second guess so they're not just all paying attention to the ball. Um, this is a team that has to have those secondary actions, that has to have those secondary movements. But the Celtics, you've got to give them a ton of credit. They played, they, they struggled on defense this year. They played fantastic defense. They switched seamlessly on every screen, both on and off the ball. They switched seamlessly on every on-ball screen. They pressured Cole Anthony. They pressured Jalen Suggs. They made their lives miserable and made them di- made it difficult for them. Um, and Orlando just didn't have an answer. Where Cole Anthony has been really good about creating space and attacking, he couldn't get past Marcus Smart. He couldn't get past Jalen Brown. The size that the Celtics had really bothered him, and I think that's going to be the case elsewhere uh, throughout. Jalen Suggs has looked like a rookie still. He's still struggling to get his get himself to the basket consistently off the dribble. Um, and, and certainly that's a huge concern at this point because that's kind of what the Magic are hoping that he can be at the end of the day. Um, you know, obviously with the secondary actions gone, with the Magic not really running much, much or not getting free themselves, couldn't get Franz Wagner going. You know, Wendell Carter did some good pick and pop stuff early on in the game, but really, really struggled in that second half. Um, something that everyone that we talked to after the game, and obviously it was just Wendell Carter and RJ Hampton, um, readily acknowledged that the Magic just did not do enough to kind of free themselves up. Um, so again, I, I think you got to give a lot of credit to the Celtics. Um, you're not going to see many teams play with that defensive intensity. And again, the Celtics ratcheted down in the fourth quarter. Yes, they were up 22 points. They ratcheted down in the fourth quarter. And Orlando found some space and some breathing room again. They were able to cut the deficit down to 14. Um, but Orlando just just wasn't able to get themselves back in the game after after taking that huge punch that they took. And it was a huge punch. Um, you know, again, Orlando made just two field goals in the third quarter, um, they they struggled to get to the line because they couldn't get into the paint. Uh, I think they I think um, the box score said they only had four field goal attempts in the paint during that third quarter, um, and, and that's just that's just not a formula to win. It doesn't matter what kind of offensive style you play. That's just not a formula to win. Um, Orlando did really good things. I, I want to repeat that. I, I the first half was as well as Orlando's played. There were mistakes still. They still made turnovers. They still gave up offensive rebounds. They allowed Boston, who's a great shot blocking team to block a ton of shots. They were a little wild getting to the basket, but the magic controlled the tempo of that game. That game was being played by their terms and at their tempo. Um, they were dictating everything. And I think that that is, that is just, that's, that's exactly what we want to see from this group. That's exactly what we want to see. The pace was really, really good. Um, the magic just, you know, we were all just irrationally excited. I, I don't think that feeling was fake. Um, people were irrationally excited. The team was making threes, maybe settling them for a little too much. Certainly in the, the third quarter they did. Um, settling perhaps a little bit for too many threes is there's, there's a lot of confidence in their shooting, and there should be. The stats suggest that until until Wednesday night. Um, but that that excitement I don't think was, was irrational. I think the Magic were doing some really good things offensively. They were breaking down that defense. They were they were finding holes and finding gaps. And, and Boston, again, to their credit, just shut those gaps down. And I think that's... That's part of what you see with a young team. Um, young teams don't know how to adjust. They haven't seen everything yet. Um, you know, again, I think this young team and a young coach, uh, they haven't seen any everything yet. They don't know how to execute everything yet. Um, I think Mosley 
both to the team's credit and to the team's detriment. Um, it's probably, you know, using film time and using practice time to go over adjustments rather than making adjustments in game as much. And I think that's just something that he's going to have to feel out again. Like everyone is just so young and so inexperienced that that, that inexperience is, is really, really showing. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see uh, where, you know, how the team responds to this, obviously. I think that's that's a big thing. I mentioned this in the third quarter. Game was over. Um, I, I didn't think the Magic were going to come back. And I said, you know, it's going to be really, really important here that the Magic show in the fourth quarter that they can stick to what they what they know, stick to their principles, kind of keep, keep that resiliency up. Magic still played really hard. Honestly, their defense was really good. Um, you know, this if this were a, a really good offensive team where the Magic weren't playing good defense, they would have gotten blown out by 30. Um, so I do think the Magic deserve a ton of credit for their defense, a ton of credit for the way that they for the way that they played in this one and the way that they stayed with it and stayed in the game. Uh, but uh, obviously not enough in this one, not enough uh, offense in this one at the end of the day. Orlando just goes too cold, too soon, uh, and they're unable to win. The Boston Celtics defeat the Orlando Magic 92-79. to We'll break down some of the principles that we learned about this team coming up in a little bit, and we'll go through the box score as well. Before we dive into that, though, a quick question from one of our viewers. It's a great thing about doing this live, and in the morning, I can get I can answer questions live on the air. Um, Luis Medina asked, do you think that Suggs will end up coming off the bench or even play with our G League team just to get more NBA experience? It seems like he hasn't progressed as a primary ball handler. Um, I don't see Suggs going to the G League at all this year, unless, unless it's an injury rehab assignment. Um, I don't think he is G League bound. Um, I think that he has shown that he can play at the NBA level, that he can hold his own at the NBA level uh, and and compete at that level. Um, I, 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 I think the issues with Jalen Suggs are still about him getting sped up. Um, I think teams are throwing a lot at him. They expect him to be pretty high on the, they expect him to be a big factor. Um, so I think his reputation is preceding him a little bit. And so teams are throwing the kitchen sink at him. And, and I think he struggled with that. He struggled to make those reads, but um, I, I think it was, I think Mosley might've said this before the game, you know, a lot, he thinks that a lot of Suggs' problems is not that he doesn't see the reads or understand the reads. It's that his, his mind is moving faster than his body, if that makes sense. And, and, and again, this is about being sped up. Um, you know, he's, he's struggling a little bit with some pressure. He's struggling a little bit uh, with reading certain situations and knowing when to attack or how deep to attack um, on his drives. Um, I think once he gets some shots to go down, uh, it'll be a little bit better. Um, he definitely looks just very sped up. And so everything, everything just needs to take a breath and, and slow down. Um, I think coming off the bench might help him a little bit. Um, I don't think the Magic will be able to do that until Marco Fultz is back. Um, so the, I, I think he is the clear-cut starter into December. Um, once Fultz is back, I think it's going to be really hard to keep Fultz off the court because as, as many people pointed out during during Wednesday's game, uh, they would have been helped tremendously by Marco Fultz. If, if Marco Fultz were in that game, he knows how to control the tempo of the game. He knows how to break down a defense. He knows how to keep himself from going too deep into the jaws of the defense. He knows how to how to be at the right spots to to draw people in and then kick back out to the perimeter. Uh, so you know, I, I think there is definitely the possibility that Suggs does spend some time coming off the bench. Um, obviously, I think Magic made his development a huge priority this year, uh, but uh, I don't think we'll see that until Fultz is back. Um, I don't see Gary Harris taking over the starting spot from him. I, I think Harris has really struggled, and now in, now this injury is popped up and it's probably going to keep him out for a little while. Perhaps um, he's still, still listed as questionable. So um, who knows, who knows how long Gary Harris will be out, but Gary's Gary shooting isn't much better. And I think the magic do need the, uh, 
the double ball handling that comes from Suggs and, and Fultz. Um, I will note too, this has been a big criticism of Jamal Mosley in the early part of the season, but um, Mosley acknowledged um, before the game and has executed it uh, during the game. One of Cole Anthony or Jalen Suggs will be on the floor at all times. Um, I think he has, he has kind of come to that conclusion that we all did long, long ago, but um, he's come to that conclusion that that's a necessity for this team. He also did say as well that uh, Mo Bamba or Wendell Carter need to be on the floor at all times as well. So we're, 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 get, we're getting there, folks. We're getting there. We'll go through the box score coming up here in just a minute. But first, a quick, words from our, quick word from our pal at Rock Autos. The, uh, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer? She's the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with, with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. The warehouse is literally with you. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for more than 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Fox? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Today's podcast also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated mobile or de desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. I want to thank you once again for making Locked On Magic part of your day, whether we're your first listen of the day, whether we're your lunch listen, whether we're your workout listen, your go-home listen. It doesn't matter. We're so happy to be part of your day every day. Remember, Locked On Magic is streaming on all available podcast platforms, available for download on all streaming available on all streaming on all available podcast platforms. That's a mouthful. As well as streaming on YouTube. We do do our shows live, um, typically around 9.30 or 10 o'clock. Um, so subscribe to our YouTube channel to get to know when we're going up and you can uh, interact with the show live. That's something I definitely want to add to this season. We will be doing some more live shows later on. Um, I, I, I know I've been a little lax on those. We'll maybe do a, a, a kind of around Thanksgiving uh, episode where we'll take your questions uh, more specifically as well. But if you ever have any thoughts, feel free to drop me a line as well, as well as in the YouTube chat. But as you left every game, let's go through the box scores, the Orlando Magic Fall to the Boston Celtics, 92-79. to 79. Again, I, I want to note, Orlando did some really good defensive things. Um, gave up 26 points in the first quarter, obviously 31 in the third, but only 35 points in the second and fourth quarters, 18 and 17. Um, or, the issue in this game was Orlando just could not score, and a 10-point quarter will do that to you. If Orlando you know, has a normal scoring quarter, if it's a 20-point quarter instead, that makes it 92-89. So, um, you know, again, not that the magic, you know, not that that is the be-all, end-all, but... 
this game was really decided by one bad offensive quarter. So let's go through the box score here and talk a little bit about some things. Cole Anthony leads the way. Cole Anthony with 13 points, 4 for 18, shooting 2 for 11 from beyond the arc. Five rebounds, four assists. Um, no turnovers for Cole Anthony. Um, you know, I, I think Cole was definitely feeling very, very confident with his shot. Um, I think he settled a lot for three-pointers. Um, there are a few occasions where he lost the ball. That kind of knocked the Magic off their offensive rhythm. He is still the one guy, I think, right now on the roster that the Magic trusts to create his own shot off the dribble. Uh, and so he, you know, he's a guy that you want with the ball late in the shot clock to create a shot. That mean, doesn't mean he's going to get a good shot. That doesn't mean he's going to make the shot. Um, but I think too often Anthony was kind of freelancing a little bit too much. Um, I love the confidence this kid has. We know that is his biggest strength is his confidence. Um, he he just he just didn't have it today. Um, I think that's that's really the only way to describe it. The only way to to explain it. He he just didn't have it. Um, you know, give again give Boston a ton of credit. Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown were some size on him. He struggled to get in there. But well, honestly, like first half he was getting in the paint. He was moving the ball real well. He was just settling for three pointers when he got it on the perimeter. Um, third quarter, especially he was really settling for shots on um, as, as the magic got frustrated and couldn't break down that defense. So just a bad game for him, but it, it's, it's tough to win any game when your two guards are shooting as poorly as the magic did. Jalen Suggs, another poor shooting night, four for 14, one for five from deep one for three from the foul line, three rebounds, two assists, two turnovers for him. He scores 10 points in the game. Um, you know, again, Suggs is, he's forcing things. He's trying to get in the paint. Like you can see all the signs that he's going to do good things, that he's going to figure it out. He just hasn't figured it out yet. Um, that's that's really the only way to describe it. Um, he hasn't been able to kind of get himself going in the right direction. And so uh, another difficult game for him as well. Wendell Carter had a nice game, 13 points, 5 for 12 shooting, 2 for 5 from deep, 13 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, 4 turnovers, however, for Wendell Carter. Um, first half especially, he had 7 points in the first in the first quarter. Really good job short rolling. Really good job popping to the free throw line. I I think he too settled for threes a little bit too much. Um, he admitted after the game, um, that he allowed frustration to kind of get the better of him. That he did not play um with the intensity and focus that he knows that the team needs from him. Uh, I, I thought that again that he's doing all the right things. He's he's kind of going to the right spots. Um, defensively he's getting a lot better. Uh, he is doing a much better job rebounding the ball as well. It was a real big focus in this one. Did a great job on that. Um. But again, he he has to continue to just kind of know which shots are his and 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 you know be able to set be able to do all the little things that we know that he can do. Franz Wagner followed up his 28 point game with nine points, four for ten shooting, one for seven from deep, three rebounds, four fouls. I I think Franz Wagner was due for this kind of a game. Um, he obviously scored 10 points in every single game that he's played this season. Um, so this will be his first sub 10 point game. Uh, I. He was due for a game like this. He was due for a game where he, he just wasn't going to be able to shoot the ball well, kind of come come a little bit back down to earth. Um, I thought he did some good things, especially in the first half. Second half, they just couldn't get him involved at all. And again, that's that's kind of the deal with Franz Wagner. I think we all understand that. He works when the offense is working. Um, he works when the offense is even functioning a little bit. The offense was non-functioning, and that's why he didn't really get involved. So I, I, I don't think this is a harbinger of, of things to come. Off the bench, RJ Hampton with 12 points, four for eight shooting. One of two players on the team to shoot at least 50%. The other was Terrence Ross. Um, five turnovers, however, for RJ Hampton. He definitely noted the turnover issues after the game. Um, Hampton, Hampton did some really good things. I think playing him at the two or the three is much more effective than playing him at point guard, obviously. Uh, and he was able to kind of get into the paint. There were some wild shots from him in the third quarter. Everyone had wild shots in the third quarter, but... 
I think he did a good job kind of controlling his tempo really well, getting inside uh, and, and, and trying to make things happen, trying to create a little havoc. Um, so, you know, I think Hampton, Hampton started to do some really good things, especially now that Orlando is starting to settle in a little bit. However, the story of the game is the shooting. Magic shoot 32.1% from the floor, just 9 of 43 from deep. The Magic did enter the, enter the game as a top 10 three-point shooting team. I think they were eighth in the league in three-point field goal percentage. That's obviously changed now. Um, I, they fell in love with the three. 43 threes is way too many for them. They probably need to be in the low 30s is probably the ideal attempt. At, at 35 is probably about the – about if the Magic are shooting really well, I think 35 is a good number. Um, I would I would put them at 32 is probably the, the right number of three-point attempts. It, it just shows that they, they aren't settling for three-pointers, um, that they are getting in the paint, that they are getting to the line as well, which is a big factor as well. Orlando honestly able to stay in this game um, into the fourth quarter because they were able to get to the foul line, 16-20 from the foul line. Um, Orlando does commit 15 turnovers. Turnovers remain a huge issue for the team, but Boston only scores 13 points off them. Got to give credit to the Magic's defense. They did a good job on Boston. Boston j- just shoots 41.8% from the floor. Really, just the third quarter was the only offensive burst that they had. 10 for 37 from deep, 16 for 25 from the foul line. Only nine offensive rebounds. Boston does not convert a lot of second-chance points. Um, they commit 11 turnovers themselves. Jason Tatum with 14 points on four for 16, shooting one for six from deep. A great job on him. Um, Al Horford, 12 points, three for nine shooting. He did have 12 rebounds and seven assists. However, Jalen Brown, the star, though, 28 points, 10 for 17 shooting for Jalen Brown. Once again, the Boston Celtics defeat the Orlando Magic 92 to 79. We'll talk a little bit about, about the, what we've learned about this Magic team, uh, uh, what we've learned about this Magic team and, and their process coming up here in just a moment. Um, Louis Medina, though, does have a question about, uh, Mo Bamba. He says, is it just me? But Bamba still displays periods of lackluster effort, energy, and seems winded or just playing lazy times. He still gets lost during games. Um, I don't think that's just you. Um, I do think that uh, – I, I, would, I would describe it this way. Um, Bamba's processing speed on the court is still a little slow. Um, you know, I think he does a really good job recognizing the initial play um, but doesn't, doesn't – just, either just can't physically or just doesn't make the second play. Um his second jump is really, really poor. And, and, and the big thing that I've noticed with Mo Bamba, and it was just, it was especially in the first half, um, he would slide over to make a block. And he's really good at making those weak side blocks and making those plays. But if he misses that block, he, you know, he jumps so he jumps so much to go get that block, which again, if you're trying to make a play, you're trying to make a play, um, that he puts himself out of rebounding position and he doesn't have the size or the ability to make that second jump to get back into the play. Um, and I think that's huge. Like Dwight Howard... Dwight Howard would go make a block, but then he was a big enough, wide enough, but be athletic enough that he could jump. He could make a second jump before you could make your first. So he could go for a block and then immediately turn around and go grab the rebound. Um, that is not Mo Bamba. That is not Mo Bamba. I think Bamba's done a much better job. He's been much better this year. He's his, it, he is better. His processing speed is much faster. His ability to diagnose plays is much better. Let's not let's not throw out. The improvements that Bamba's made, and and he he did some good things in this game as well, um, but I, I do think that bad plays build on themselves with him. He does he does I think overthink things a little bit too much, and he just needs to go out and play again. Like it, I, I, the way I would describe Bamba, when you watch Bamba play, it's see it, think it, do it. It needs to be see it, do it. Um, you need to get rid of that thinking part, and then a lot of that's just experience and second nature. The more you think out there, the more that you're you're trying to process information. The, the more difficult it's going to be to go out and actually make the plays that you need to make. So thanks for the question. You know, certainly I think Bo has had a really solid start to the season, but yeah, he definitely still has 
some of those moments that remind you why the Magic didn't play him as much last year when, when they ha- when they had to. Before we get into our final point today, this episode of, of Locked On Magic is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group or journalists can try and find some Wi-Fi to file their stories. Yeah, that's that's what I did. Um, McDonald's always has dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries for everyone. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's a place you always look forward to stopping at, a, at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. Like I said, I was a journalist. I covered high school football for the Orlando Sentinel for a little while, just stringing games for them. The one thing you learn when you're out on the road stringing and you have a 10 o'clock deadline and the game ends at 9.30 and the Wi-Fi at the high school isn't reliable, well, either use your hotspot, but you, you look for McDonald's. Like literally, I will scout schools. I would scout Oviedo High School and say, oh, there's, there's, there's a McDonald's like down the road from Oviedo High School, not, not five minutes away. And yeah, after you file the story, you reward yourself a little bit with maybe, maybe a burger, maybe some french fries, maybe an ice cream. It, it doesn't matter. That's the reliability of McDonald's. That's the reliability for McDonald's for me as a professional. That's the reliability for McDonald's for anyone to celebrate the little moments of life and to come together. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. So this game was frustrating. Um, that, That third quarter was really bad. Um, and you know, I, I, I'm a playoff guy. Um, I, I do think the playoffs important and, and I do think that this is a really critical part of the season. As, as I've said, if, if the playoffs are even remotely in anyone's head, I, I, don't, I don't think they are. I think we all understand what this team is. And the third quarter was really a, a stark reminder of, of where this team is at and who this team is, um, you know, I, I've told people, I've told some people this as I've watched these early games. You know, when the Magic are good, they're good. Um, like that, like you can, like again, my goal for the season is let's see hints of what this team can be uh, when they're when they're ready to turn the corner, when they're ready to compete. Um, and you know, we're only nine games into the season, and I definitely see those hits. I definitely see those ish, those those things that really make me encouraged and really make me feel like okay, like. This that there might be something here. This team might have might have the formula or might have a formula to, to get wins. Um, we're seeing the offense, you know, in the last three, four games drastically improve. We've seen the defense really begin to hit its stride. Um, and again, this was a great example of how good the Magic played defensively. Um, Magic were very pleased with their defense. They thought the third quarter things got a little bit away from them, but if they had scored um, at any normal levels, they would have still been in the game and their defense would have given them a real chance to win it. Um, and, and so I think they deserve the credit. They deserve the credit for that just as much as Boston deserves the credit for their defense in this one as well. Um, but this is still a team that when they're bad, they're really bad. Um, no other way to describe it. Like they're, 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 they're going to still have some difficulties and they're still going to have moments like these where they just get run out of the gym and especially against the really good teams. It, it's going to be, it's going to be tricky. 
Um, there's going to be trouble for this for this group. In the post game, though, um, the team continually, whether it was Jamal Mosley, R.J. Hampton, Wendell Carter, the players that were made available to us, talked about the process for that. Um, again, the process is a loaded term in these days, but um, they talked about the way they need to play, kind of the process of how they want to play. You know, moving the ball, playing with the pass, obviously, you know, getting into the lane, kind of doing the things that they know they have to do to win, the things that they are quickly discovering they have to do to stay competitive and, and, and win games. And they said to a man, essentially, in that third quarter, they did not play to that process. They did not play to how they want how they want to be. And, and, and you know, Wendell Carter took responsibility for it. R.J. Hampton said, I turned the ball over too much. Took responsibility for it. You know, I think there's a lot of personal accountability on this team. I don't think guys are freelancing. I think, a you know, Wendell Carter said it after the game. That third quarter showed their immaturity. They got hit with a big run. They struggled to get shots. Um, they struggled to get shots. And then they kind of went away from what they know works. They tried to be heroes. They tried to get it all back in one shot. You could see it with the way that they were executing, with the way that they were trying to play that they were trying to get everything back at once. And, and that's a really big lesson to understand that to come back from a deficit, you know, you've got time. It's got to be brick by brick, play by play, one by one, point by point. And by the time the Magic kind of figured that out after a timeout early in the third quarter, you know, they, they started getting some decent shots and then they just didn't go in. Um, you know, I think, the, I think while a lot of the players characterized, characterized it as the last – Back half of third quarter was they just couldn't hit shots. There, there's certainly some of that. I, I would still say they were still struggling a little bit to, to execute their offense and, and play in, in a way, in, in that way. Obviously, you know, I think this team has deficiencies. Um, they, they don't have a great driver, not until Marco Fultz comes back. Um, you know, Jalen Suggs isn't there yet. Cole Anthony is inconsistent. And I think the weakest part of this game is, is finishing around the basket, although I think he's got a lot better at that. Um this team is still having to play a very specific, you know, high energy style in order to, to win. Um, they're figuring it out. Like, again, I don't take Wednesday's game as a, as a huge setback for what they're trying to do. They did a lot of really good things. They're still moving in the right direction, in my opinion. Um, you know, I, I, I think that they're still playing some really strong basketball. They had one bad quarter against a super motivated team. Um, that had a lot to prove after, you know, after, you know, a kind of come to Jesus moment on Monday. But the Magic can't just rely on flipping a switch. They have to be this way all the time. They have to be, they have to be about who they are all the time. They can't slip. We've seen what happens when they slip defensively. They get blown out. We've seen what happens now when they slip offensively. They struggle a lot. They're not going to play many defenses quite like Boston. San Antonio will also switch a lot, and that's going to be a challenge for the Magic because that's been a challenge for the Magic all year. But they still have to be in the zone. They still have to be competitive, and they still have to give themselves every chance to win. And that's – they know how to do that, to be frank. They know how to give themselves that chance to win. And if anything, uh, and if anything, that was the proof of Wednesday's game. That yes, they can be competitive. Yes, they can do a lot of really good things. But 
they still got a lot of work to do to be consistent. And consistency is honestly the most difficult thing for any young team to learn. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And for latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can find us there on Twitter at OMagicDaily. Let's get to some of your questions here from today's YouTube show. Uh, Carl Banks asks, how does Franz look in the early rookie of the year race? I've seen a lot of the rookie ladders come out. Um, Franz is running in fourth right now. I think I think te- I think people are still kind of coming around on Franz and getting to watch him. Um, there's been some really big performances from Chris Duarte. Uh, you know, I, I don't think Jalen Green is that high quite yet. Um, you know, he struggled as much as Jalen Suggs has struggled. Evan Mobley's been really good for Cleveland. Um, they've really carved out a really nice role for him as they've gotten off to a pretty solid start. Um, I, I think, I think Franz is in the race. I think he's certainly on, you know, in the race for an all rookie team. We'll see him in the rookie game for the playing for that international team. If they do that again this year, um, he, he, he's in, he's in the conversation. Um, but I think team people want to see more consistency, uh, from him, not that he hasn't been consistent, but he needs to kind of make a splash in order to get people's attention because no one's really watching the magic. Um, that's just, that's just kind of the, so he needs to make sure that he makes a, a splash, a lot of conversation, about the rotation, uh, yeah, Scotty Barnes also uh, as well at the top of the rookie of the year list as well. He's been really, really good. Um, a lot of conversation about the rotation, uh, what to do with Jalen Suggs, what to do when uh, when Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz come back. Um, you know, certainly I think those will be issues that we'll deal with when we when we get to them. Right now, I think I think Jalen Suggs is fine in the starting lap. Again, I, I want to repeat this: like Jalen Suggs, his defense is way better than I think a lot of us expected. Um, way better than you would expect for a rookie. Um, he's done a lot of really good things. So uh, I, I don't want to be all negative on Jalen Suggs. Yes, the shooting has not been where we want it to be. Uh, the scoring has not been where we want it to be. But again, like Jalen Green is struggling with his scoring as well. Um, Cade Cunningham has looked rusty as hell coming coming back from his injury. Um, I, I think we got to give Suggs some time. We're only we're not even ten games into this thing. Like he'll he'll figure it out. You know, I think this. I think this. I think it'll click one day for him. And and I think we'll we'll see a big burst game. And again. We need to see that big burst game. Like again, like I said, I, I want to see the outlines of what this team can be. Um, I think that I think that we do need to see that big burst game from Suggs at some point this year. Uh, now that we're done here on Locked On Magic, make sure you go make Locked On Fantasy Basketball your next listen. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and available on all platforms. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Magic. We'll talk about the Magic's defensive improvements a little bit more tomorrow. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Lockdown Magic, this has been Phil Frostenreich. We'll see you all again for another episode of Lockdown Magic.